April is almost here, meaning the fantasy football season is here as well. Who should be circling on those draft sheets as your sleepers, as redrafts and best balls get underway here in 2023? We tell you that and more tonight on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunch, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It's got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is March 28th, 2023. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast is back here with you. We're ready to break the seal, pop the cherry, if you would, on this fantasy football season. Seth Woolcock, reporting for duty, ready to party like it's the year 3000. And I'm joined by a man on my left side, your guys' right side, who is a Denver sports community aggregator, an Aaron Rodgers media pundit, Nathan Polvote, and we also have a special guest joining us tonight on the show, a man who's been cashing tickets and taking names with the best of them out in Las Vegas. He's joining us from an attic in Texas, the great state down south, Eric Romoff. Eric, how you doing tonight, man? Good to have you back on the show here. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm a few days removed from getting back home from Las Vegas, so I am very much so dragging ass trying to get back up to uh, full speed, but... Fun trip. Now, uh, now diving back into these football streets. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been a busy couple of weeks here in the NFL. Nate, April, very busy, uh, very busy month as well. We got the draft coming up and a couple holidays as well. Easter and a couple other ones. Uh, I, I don't think I need to n- note the names for you. No, we all know what's coming. But what I'm most excited about is we've got some free agents still out there that haven't found a landing spot. We've got some potentially big time trades that could be coming, include one we heard about yesterday. Yeah, the NFL rumor mill, it is heating up. And we're going to talk about that tonight, whether it's bullshit, whether it's something we should bear in mind. Looks like we have the IBT family back in the chat right now. We got Albert saying good evening, IBT. Toronto Dave, he's coming in. He said, Seth came in hot. Love it. Dave, love coming in hot for you, buddy. We got Brad, newest member of the IBT family here. Good to see you, Brad. Appreciate you joining the team. He's me cutting some clips for us, working on the rookie profiles with us. Uh, and then we have Dragon Ass, hashtag yeah. Dragon Ass trending right now. All right. All right. Guys, tonight, the NFL annual meetings, they're underway. We're hearing a lot coming from the coaches circle, a lot from the GMs right now. They're getting pressed with questions. We're also going to talk about 
what these sleepers look like for us right now. Underdog NFC, they're underway for drafts, so we can take away some of this ADP, take advantage of it in the meantime. We're also going to round things out tonight with a game of would you rather talk about some of these current circumstances just in life and fantasy football that we have to go with. Eric, you ready to jump in here, my friend? Yeah, let's do it. Can't wait. All right, let's let's start it out here, guys, with some bear in mind or bullshit. This just in, breaking news. Man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Right. Bear in mind or bullshit the segment where we tell you, is this something we should be bearing in mind for our fantasy football analysis and rankings, or is this total bullshit? It could be beat reporters. It could be minor NFL moves. We're going to talk about it. starting with the Browns. Corey Kinnon of Browns Wire believes that the Browns could still be drafting a wide receiver with that first pick they have, number 74, that they got from the Jets. They just added Elijah Moore last week. We kind of broke down what that might look like. Eric, is this bullshit or could the Browns actually try to add another pass catcher here? We know they have DPJ. We know they have Amari Cooper for at least one more season. Elijah Moore joins the fold and David Bell, still a, a young and promising wide receiver as well. Yeah, this is certified bullshit to me. Um, you know, you talk about a team with the the Browns that already has limited draft resources at their disposal for them to go out and use their first pick, the 74th overall, at a position where you know, they're they're slowly putting together a decent wide receiver core, right? Like, love that Elijah Moore trade. Obviously, Amari Cooper was the steal of the offseason, considering what we saw happen with the wide receiver market last year. And, you know, this team is really trying to take advantage of a pretty near-term win-now window. And I think there's a few more spots they need to address, D-tackle, safety, to name a few, before they go out and really try to swing for the fences with another wide receiver. Nate, where are you at on this? Do you think that they could be attacking that wide receiver position? Obviously, a lot of holes on that defensive uh, front out, outside of Miles Garrett. Well, I do think that there's something to this. So I'm going to say bear in mind-ish, and here's why. As soon as Deshaun Watson came back, Nick Chubb was a ghost. So this is a team that's going to throw the ball more. He didn't have a touchdown from week 12 on last season. Damn, that is crazy, yeah. That is crazy, right? For as good as he was, and he finished RB6 – but we saw him slow down the back half of the season. Imagine if he continued that pace. We're talking about an RB1. All this to say they want as many weapons for Deshaun Watson as they can get. They've got Elijah Moore. They've got Amari Cooper. They've got DPJ. But DPJ is kind of that guy who stretches the field, so he's like that bomb candidate. I, I think of When I think of him, I think of K.J. Hamler for the Broncos is kind of the way I look at him. Oh, he's I'm, better than K.J. Hamler, though. Dude, your boy from Penn State, come on now. They're a very similar player. And I agree that DPJ is better, but they're the same type of player. I think they need another wide receiver to complement Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper. Now, that said, what are they going to get in the third or fourth round? It's not going to be high quality. So this is a guy that's going to have to fight for a roster spot if they do it. More than likely, they're like Eric said, they're going. they need to shore up their defense. That's their biggest need right now. 
So speaking of players that are better than one another, I put out a tweet last week. I got absolutely buried that I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a better wide receiver than Elijah Moore here. Uh, I don't know. Eric, to me, Elijah Moore has not been anything flashy. I haven't really been in on him since I did my 2021 draft scouting. He's just not an overly efficient wide receiver in the NFL. Fancy points per route run last year, 0.19. That's the 101th best among qualifying wide receivers per target fantasy points. 1.33, 95th best. Do you think that there is some upside here? And do you think I'm, I'm outlandish for saying that I like DPJ, uh, the former Michigan Wolverine here, Nate, over Elijah Moore? No, I, I don't think it's super far off base. You know, I, I like Elijah Moore a little bit more. I, I think they're comparable players. I don't think either of them necessarily has a ton of upside, right? Um, you know, talking about uh, Elijah Moore's, you know, kind of per route run or per reception stats those have largely come at the arm of zach wilson or worse right so uh, obviously he's getting an upgrade and there's some room for upside in those stats now that he's in cleveland but ultimately i think that these are both kind of mid-tier caliber wide receivers and they're fairly comparable although they play relatively different styles Perfect. Perfect. I appreciate I appreciate you not burying me, Eric, because uh, I got I got Browns fans. It, it, you know, I've always been a protector of the Browns and the Jets and the shitty NFL franchises. And this is how I get here. So uh, Brad saying that he, in the chat that he would argue with me, uh, but he feels like if he disagrees, he may get fired. Hey, Brad, your job's <laughs> safe for now, buddy. Your job's safe. Galaxy uh, we got Dick Sickles in the chat saying, watch yourself, Brad. Hey, we appreciate you being here tonight, Dick. Thanks for uh, subscribing to the channel, tuning in with us. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and move forward here down to Carolina, where Coach Frank Wright says the newly signed wide receiver DJ Chart underwent ankle surgery per Joe Pearson of The Athletic. And what, what do we make of this? Is, is this something we should be concerned with? Because obviously DJ Chark had his times where he looked really good in Detroit last season. However, it was injuries that bogged him down, Nate. Kind of same thing with, with the 2021 season as well as injuries and ankle injuries specifically that year. Are you concerned with this or are you bearing this in mind? So, yeah, I'm going to say bear in mind because now we don't know who the QB is going to be yet. It's more than likely going to be CJ Stroud, right? It's kind of what we're all figuring. But with this wide receiver room, because they've got now they've got Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. Terrace Marshall Jr. And I know you don't love him, Seth, but they've got LaVisca Chenault. So they have enough where all I'm saying is that Chark isn't going to be forced into this situation where he has to be a high volume receiver, but he's a guy who will get high value targets when he is on yes. the field. So yes. if he start if he gets those high value targets, whether it's CJ Stroud or Andy Dalton to start the season, I mean, okay, player player profiler has him ranked as a wide receiver 65 right now. So if you're looking at him, you can get him for pretty cheap. I mean, that's wide receiver, what, five? Yeah, yeah. And, oh. and today is the sleepers episode. So we are kind of, you know, malling these streets for some values here in the best ball and redraft landscape. Eric, where are you on DJ Chark? Because I think he probably falls in that wide receiver four tier for me on the lower end. But I am a little bit concerned given the injury history that I could just burn a pick here. Yeah, for me, DJ Chark is is really the epitome of a bridge right bridge wide receiver, both in terms of fantasy football and in terms of real world football. Right? I think Carolina brought him in knowing that he could be dependable. They could use him in a lot of different ways. You know, he's he's got solid enough hands to you know help along. Presumably, a rookie quarterback kind of get up to speed 
at the NFL level. But ultimately, I think they would much rather see guys like a LaVisca Chenault, like a Terrace Marshall, take a step forward and emerge as the primary options in that offense. So for me, it really feels like, you know, he's a he's a player that is going to have kind of borderline flex, you know, sort of wide receiver four value, maybe through the first half to two thirds of the season. And then we really start to see some of these younger guys come on a little bit more down the stretch run. So something to bear in mind if you're looking for that last piece to kind of bide some time waiting for someone else to come back from injury, waiting for a suspension to get lifted, whatever it might be, waiting for a rookie to emerge. Awesome. Appreciate that, gentlemen. Let's go ahead over to Baltimore, where Nelson Aguilar has been recently signed. And last word on sports, Curtis Leung believes Nelson Aguilar may be able to provide a bit more stability to the Ravens wide receiver core. And guys, let's be honest, this was a bit of a shit show last year. This is the same team in 2021 that rolled out Des Bryant at the end of last season. They're relying on Deshaun Jackson heavily. Uh, It's Aguilar, it's Duvernay, it's Bateman. Given Duvernay does sign back, which he's rumored to right now by our friends over at Rotowire. Eric, is there any any truth that Nelson Aguilar could be fantasy relevant? He could give this uh, Baltimore offense a little more stability. Uh, man, it, it, it almost feels like we're back to the beginning with Aguilar, where you know the whole catching baby meme is rolling around the internet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is like a slower Deshaun Jackson who can't catch. Um, <laughs> I, I think, the, I think the, the easiest way to put this is Lamar Jackson requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens several weeks ago, but he decided to go public with that request not long after this trade, this, this acquisition was announced, right? Like just yeah. more of the same in Baltimore. This, this core leaves a lot to be desired. Obviously, I think it's more of a money issue with Lamar, but – you know, he he can't feel like he has a very good supporting cast, even though they went out and added a guy who can't catch in Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, Nate, a, a, any any fantasy relevance here for you? Is this is a load of bullshit as well. This is a load of bullshit. This guy had the opportunity to be the wide receiver one in New England last season. He couldn't do it. And who is he competing with? Jacoby Myers. Okay, Jacoby Myers. Everybody's in love with Jacoby Myers, even though the guy couldn't catch a touchdown pass his first two seasons. Easy, easy on Jacoby. And Devontae Parker, who is an over-the-hill wide receiver. Look, his contested catch rate last season was 28.6%. That's awful. That's not stability. That's not a reliable target for a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is a very accurate passer. But then if you want to look at his PFF grades for the season, he was over 60 three times, four times the entire season. Otherwise he was in the fifties, even as bad as the forties, which this is a play by play grade. These are people watching this on a very, it's, it's not an, a subjective scale. It's very objective, right? He's bad. And he's been, <laughs> and we keep waiting for Nelson Aguilar to like be this all-star receiver. 2020 was lit. We cannot forget 2020. <laughs> that was a great season. I was all the way in. He carried 2020 me. 2020 was lit. Scott 20, that year. Wide receiver 34 yeah. is lit. Look, dude. I mean, look at him. And he had three games where he didn't even have a target. He was on the field. He had snaps. He didn't get a target. Then he had three more games where he had a target but didn't catch the ball, and yeah. he had two touchdowns. That's not I, stability. I think the bottom line is that he is a little bit better than the James Prochets, the Tylen Wallace, the Andy Isabella on that roster right now. A little bit. Um, however, 
I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. I don't think this pass catching group outside of Mark Andrews and Bateman is anything to write home about here. Um, and I think they will have to go rookie early in the draft to address it. Let's move forward. Let's move forward to something a little bit more fantasy relevant. I believe bigger Smith junior that is chooses the Bengals over other offers because of the cast and a chance to win per our guy, Peter Schrager over there. Good morning, football NFL network. Big Irv Smith has been a lot of hype since his days at Alabama here, Eric. I mean, absolutely electric player in college. He's still a, a really exciting player to watch when he's healthy. He just hasn't stayed healthy. I mean, obviously the Vikings, they are ready to move on last season. They bring in TJ Hawkinson. Is there a chance that there's some fantasy relevance here? Or is this complete bullshit with uh, Big Irv joining the cast over there in Cincy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can really look to Hayden Hurst season from last year as a pretty reliable projection for how they're going to use Irv Smith this year, right? He's going to be clear, you know, clearly pushed down the pecking order in terms of receiving priority. And every now and again, he'll have a week where his three receptions for 20 yards, one of them happens to be a touchdown and he sneaks into the, you know, kind of back end of tight end one territory. And then he's going back to getting you four points a week. Right. So you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily excited about this play. I, I understand his logic, right? I do think that his chances of winning a title are better with the Bengals than they are with, with the Vikings. But ultimately, you know, they, they just don't use that position that way. And then on top of that, you have to worry about his ability to stay healthy. And Nate, this is a loaded draft class for tight ends as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals go out, spend a second, third, somewhere in that day two, day three range pick on a tight end, get themselves a Luke Musgrave, maybe a Dalton Kincaid if he falls there as well. Um, a really great class as well. So maybe, but look, this is bullshit. Because at best, at best, he is the third best target third option for Joe Burrow on this team. And like you said, they don't use the tight end. The guy averaged 21 air yards per game last season. He only had 36 targets the entire season. And I know they brought in TJ Hawkinson, but it's not like he was exactly hot before Hawkinson came in and he can't stay on the field at best at best. He finishes as a mid to back end tight end two. And that's not a compliment because we know what the tight end landscape is in the NFL. There was a hundred points between tight end one, Travis Kelsey and tight end two last season. 100 fantasy points so roster him if you want but if you're expecting some sort of resurgence of Ernst smith i've got bad news for you man it ain't happening <laughs> okay nay i'm sure you'll be crushing on him at some point during the season as we get no. into the, that dreaded tight end landscape i don't know man you've had some crush on some shitty tight ends over the years we, we got dave in the chat saying back to the nelson Aguilar interview what an iconic interview that was incredible absolutely i mean when you're catching babies outside of a, a burning building and then you have have the the nuts to drop a nelson aguilar uh reference on, on live television great interview if you guys haven't seen that absolutely have to we got rich saying here in the chat about his exposure to uh irv smith my 100 exposure is excited he's at least on a team don't think he's uh going to mean much based off what, what hearst did yeah i mean he might be streamable some, some weeks but i don't think you're out there rostering irv smith um right now so, guys, that is it for, for the news, though. It's kind of been a little bit of a lighter week. We're going to jump into our sleepers now, some people you should be targeting in best ball, in redrafts. Again, if you guys are new to the channel, please give us a thumbs up. Help, help other people find us and subscribe. It's the easiest way to support us over here at IBT. Now let's go ahead and jump into some sure things, sleepers of the week. 
This is your thing, Eric. This is actually where we've had you on during the season a lot to talk about some sleepers. So I know you have some good ones. You're one of the better guests we brought on during the season. I want to throw it to you, man. If you're playing in a redraft here coming up in the next couple of months or just best ball right now, NFC underdog, who's someone we should be targeting? We're looking at players with 150 plus ADP. Yeah, the the first thing that I want to mention is is Rashid Shaheed, right? Um, you know, very quietly. He, he put together a pretty solid rookie season overall, right? Obviously, you know, we had guys like Garrett Wilson. We had guys like his teammate, Chris Olave, that, you know, really jumped off the page. Christian Watson obviously exploded down the stretch run. But, you know, you, you look at it in kind of the context of rookie wide receiver seasons in general, and Rashid Shahid's 500 yards, two receiving touchdowns, largely coming from the arm of Andy Dalton, is pretty solid. And then you you know double click a little bit further, and you see that among all rookies with a qualifying number of receptions, he is the leader in yards per reception, seventeen point four yards per catch. So very much so has that explosive upside that makes him an interesting target in best ball, like you mentioned. But all of this is under the the pretense of Andy Dalton under center, right? Now we have what I consider to be a pretty significant upgrade in Derek Carr heading to the Crescent City. So. I I love getting Rashid Shahid at his kind of mid one fifty uh, ADP right. He's sitting as wide receiver sixty seven, and he definitely has that upside to pop for pop for you and win a couple of weeks. That's a really trendy pick. I, I like that, Eric. Nate, who is your sure thing sleeper that you're targeting here early in the offseason for our listeners? So my first one is Paris Campbell. Now he's on a new team. He's with the New York Giants, but. It appears, unless they do something in the draft, this guy's going to start the season as their wide receiver one, right? Who's better than Paris Campbell on this roster? He's listed as a wide receiver one on the depth chart. We've been waiting to see what Paris Campbell could do over a full season, which we hadn't. He hadn't played more than seven games in the first three seasons of his career. We finally saw 17 games, and he finished. Now, it's not sexy, but he was wide receiver 48, so he's like a wide receiver 3-4, somewhere in that range. But look at the quarterback play he had. Over the hill, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan again. <laughs> it wasn't great, but he he actually produced fairly consistently. Like the guy was catching 63 catches on 91 targets. He had 623 yards, played all 17 games. And the issue with Paris Campbell has always been durability, right? Well, he's healthy. And if he can stay healthy in New York, which – Hopefully there isn't a curse on that wide receiver room like it looked like last season. But if there isn't, I mean, this is a guy that realistically, now he's not going to be a wide receiver one in that offense. There's no way that Daniel Jones can support someone to be a wide receiver one. However, he's a he could be a back-end wide receiver two. And, dude, look at his value. I said could. I said mm. We'll talk about this after the season when he's wide receiver 22. Um but what do you do, my guy? Yeah, Dang. that is that is spicy. You're always it you're is spicy. Hey, dude. Look, I you miss hundred. You miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I and true. it's worth a stab, dude. Wide receiver eighty one and ADP right now. There's no way he finishes that far back. There's I, no way. I agree. There's, there's value wide there. Receiver forty eight. He's still a steal. So yeah, 
this is a guy I think in especially in especially in best ball because you're not having to make a start sit decision every week. It's whoever scores the most points. You're getting this dude at the back end of a 12 team draft, man. Yes. Yeah, take him. 100% take him. Listen, I love Paris Campbell. I I've been I watched a lot of Big 10 football. I've seen him what he did at Ohio State. I've been in on this guy since day 1. I think there is a ceiling here for Paris Campbell. I still think he could be a wide receiver three or wide receiver four if they don't go out and get another rookie. However, if you're saying gun to the head right now, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, it's Hodgins every day for me here. Uh, I've seen it with Daniel Jones. I've seen Hodgins be a wide receiver one down the stretch, Nate. Eric, where are you on Isaiah Hodgins versus Paris Campbell? Uh, I would probably shade towards Paris Campbell. Um, oh my God, gonna, you guys! I'm not are... going to go quite as far to say that he'll finish as wide receiver 22, but <laughs> I, I think I think Nate's take that there's value to be had here is the overarching point. I think that's fair, yeah. right? Um, but I mean, ultimately, like, how long have Giants fans been waiting for that guy to emerge from um, among the wide receiver room? I think the thing that you know is kind of a knock against Hodgins is if he was going to do that. He had a shining opportunity to do it last year, right? Exactly. And he, he played he played well. He did. He was a stud. Dude was a stud down the line. I mean, he had like a four-week run, my guy. Like, <laughs> Dude, it was like – Well, a- see, and that's the thing. Do you think Dabble wants to hang his hat on Isaiah Hodgins as a wide receiver one? That doesn't get you past the first round of the playoffs it's that, if that's what you're having to do. That's what they did last season. They got to the second round, that's dog. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. You don't get past the second round of the playoffs. Yes. Isaiah Hodgins being your wide receiver one. Paris Campbell is the wide receiver one in this offense because he's the better receiver. Hodgins is a guy who's kicked around the league. Paris Campbell stayed in Indy for the first four seasons. End of his rookie contract. Now here we are. He's never been cut. Dabble likes him. And I think they're going to use him. I think they're going to get Daniel Jones throwing the ball more this season as well. I mean, they just gave him a big contract. They've got to get the ball in the air more if they want to win. Yeah, they got to see what they have in Daniel Jones. I think they will throw it around the the the, the yard a little bit more here. I'm going to shift over to my first sure thing sleeper of the week in terms of 2023, and it's going to be none other than I've been talking about him. If you've been following me on the Twitter, Bird, I've been chatting about him for a couple months now. I said, hey, get the feelers out there. Start shooting your shot in some super flexes. It's Jordan Love, folks. 151 overall on underdog QB 23 right now. So a back end QB two. And I have always been a little bit fond of Jordan love, honestly, six, three, two, 24 prototypical size for an NFL quarterback. And how many times have we actually seen these QBs who have sat for a couple of seasons be really good? I don't think he's Pat Mahomes. I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. Philip Rivers did the same thing. Dante Culpepper, going back even further into my childhood, did the same thing. They sat for a couple years. They learned the ropes. He got to see Aaron Rodgers out of everyone do this. And we even heard Aaron Rodgers come out a couple weeks ago and saying that a monkey could run this offense here with Matt LaFleur. So I think give him a full offseason. He looked great against Philly. Um, Obviously, some of that was on one big play to Watson. But I'm expecting the Packers to add a wide receiver in free agency still, one of these uh, veteran guys, or draft potentially a tight end or a wide receiver as well. Rodgers to start his career. Now I'm going to throw this out there. He's not Rodgers, but fantasy-wise, first five years, QB2, QB1, QB1, QB2, QB2. That's overall. That's not a QB2. That is the QB2 or the QB1. Never worse than QB13 in 13 seasons. 
loves a guy. I mean, thir- 32 and, and six as, as a sophomore at Utah. Guy can sling it around the yard a little bit. And also, let's not forget that that sophomore season, also seven rushing touchdowns. I think he has a little bit better wheels than we're thinking as well. I don't think it's a QB one season for Jordan Love, but I would not be surprised if we're sitting here. He's QB 16 to QB 18 and uh, has a couple big weeks, which for best ball, that's what I want, boys. So uh, I'm getting up over Jordan Love right now. You know, they took him in the first round. So obviously there's something this franchise sees in him and they held on to him and they're willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers, who they probably could have had for another season if they would have been willing to talk and pony up. I think there's something too that Jordan Love could have a QB one tier season. I'm not saying it's likely, but I could see it. I feel like it's within the range of possible outcomes that he's a top 12 quarterback, especially if they do, like you said, Seth, they go out and get him a receiver. If he's got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and that's a good offense with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And another, yes, get him a tight end, get him, get him another receiver. I'm in Eric. You're shaking your head over there. I feel like you think that's going to be a shit show out there in Wisconsin, bud. No, actually, the the reason why I'm laughing and shaking my head is just how like poetically perfect it would be for the Packers to send Aaron Rodgers out the door and then go out and draft a wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> my guy's just been banging the table for years, and the second he leaves, they go out and do it. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm probably I'm probably not quite as in on Jordan Love, but um as as brad's comment just illustrated i think the market is pretty down on him right so if you're talking about a super flex context if you're talking about a best ball context you know the the ability to go out and get him on the cheap like starting quarterbacks have value he does have that high draft capital so there is some potential upside there i think the very small sample size that we've seen of him has been a little bit more bad than good right he had that one good game against philly that had that huge chunk play in it but ultimately like he's still a developmental piece and if you can go out and get a guy like that off the scrap heap for pennies on the dollar like those are the little incremental moves that you can make in a dynasty context that will absolutely you know build some momentum and, and put you in a position to win a title a few years down the road I mean, honestly, I'd rather take a shot on him than Derek Carr as my QB2 in a Super Bowl. I agree. I agree. I'm the same way. I feel the same way. Right. I just think there's a little bit more upside for, for a cheaper price. Uh, also want to give a shout out to our guy Dave Stewart in the background. Kyle couldn't be here, our, our producer. So Dave's filling in. So Dave, thank you for filling in, bud. We appreciate you. Oh, Dave. He's saying Dante Culpepper played during his first marriage. Yeah, I was about five. I was about five or six, Dave. So uh, <laughs> I, I was having a marriage with uh, Kelly Kapowski off of uh, Saved hey. by the Bell. Yeah. Eric, Eric She's it. way too old for you, Seth. Hey, you never know, man. You never know. She's too old for me. Oh, easy. Easy on Miss Kapowski the boy can there. dream, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Speaking of a boy can dream here, Eric, let's get to your next sleeper here. I, I know it's someone I am fascinated to hear about because he's another one that everyone is just absolutely all over the place on this player you're about to talk about. Yeah, for for me, it's uh, it's it's Tank Bigsby, right? Um, you, you look at a player; he's sitting at 187 overall. He's running back 56 off the board, and you, you know, as we get later and later into the rounds, especially in bat in best ball, you know, speculating in the rookie market is a really good way to get solid upside into your roster, right? There's there's obviously risk that's involved with that, right? There's a lot of unknowns depending on you know where he lands, who else is on the roster, what kind of system it is, but ultimately. If, if you look at Bigsby, this is a guy that's coming off of back-to-back 10-touchdown seasons. 
is just a hair over a thousand total yards in each of those two seasons. Super solid after contact, forced sixty tackles to be broken or missed last season. Um, you know, this this is a guy that can absolutely get you those chunk yardage plays, even if he falls into a situation where there's another established runner there or it's a committee backfield. He profiles as a player that could potentially get that goal line and red zone work. So there's a lot of upside there. I specifically love or particularly love this play in best ball, right? If you're if you're trying to spin the wheel and figure out which weekend is the one that he gets into the end zone, it can be a little bit maddening. But if you can just roster him and know that you'll get that upside, you know, getting him well into the you know the the, the high 100s, almost almost 200 overall, it just it feels like it's super value relative to the upside that he offers. Tank Bigsby, he's been compared his running style to Nick Chubb. He's not much of a pass catcher, but he can get it ground and pound style. My biggest issue when evaluating Tank Bigsby is the offensive line play this season was so bad at Auburn that when they played Penn State, Penn State absolutely took it to him. Bigsby did nothing. Same with the season before because of this offensive line. Um, Where do you see him? Where would be best case scenario for him to land for you, Eric? That's a solid question. Um, I guess it sort of depends on on where his draft profile fits up fits in. Okay. Um, I could see like the Eagles taking a late late look at him. Um, we know that they love to trot out a ton of running backs in their committee, um, and their their offensive line play is always pretty solid. Um, if he slips a little bit, maybe the Ravens. They also love to have a ton of running backs. Yes, back yes, there sir. Yes, and sir. utilize guys for. Um, you know, what, what is their perceived specialty? So, you know, those are places that, you know, the backfield is a little bit crowded, but I do think that he would be near the top of the list to score the majority of the touchdowns for those teams. Okay. So I'm going to parlay Eric's pick here with my next sleeper for 2023. And it is another rookie going at RB 50, 164 overall for Ty J Spears. And this is a guy, oh my goodness. When you watch the tape, it is so hard not to fall in love. Absolutely put Tulane on a map. Number nine ranked team in college football this season. Beat USC 46 to 45 in that Cotton Bowl thriller. It was an electric season from Tulane. It was an electric season from Tajay Spears. And this is a guy versatile. He can run out of the Wildcat. He can get direct snaps. He can also fit that zone blocking scheme so perfectly. Like I know the 49ers aren't in the market for a running back, but in Kyle Shanahan's system, oh my God, would he be fun, guys. He's twitchy. He's slippery. He's so great at creating yards after contact. Fifth in yards after contact in 2022 college football at 10,052 yards. 66% of his total yards came after contact. I don't think Tulane had that great of an offensive line either. It was solid for Tulane, but it was Spears a lot of times making things happen. 22 touchdowns this year, so he has a knack for the end zone. Seventh in pass blocking, and I think he has better hands as well. Made a couple lit receptions down the stretch for this team. So I think he can get on the field. I think he's another guy who I see him getting on the field on third downs. I could see like a Michael Carter type of rookie season, if not better. Um, I like him a lot as a day two pick here in the NFL draft. Nate, any feedback here on my guy Spears out of Tulane? RB50. A guy who his upside is an RB2 in 2023 if he lands in the right situation and he's used properly like you said the shanahan system with him oh oh that would be so dirty well, i would be and, so happy to see and, that 
and it's not going to. But and I can't I can't offer you a Shanahan system, but I can offer you the Mike McDaniel system. Yes, with that's what Dolphins, I was just about to which say. is the same. This same, guy gets it. Yes. 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 And so I love him there. I would love him as a change of pace guy for Nick Chubb in Cleveland. I think that would be a really good fit. Obviously, a little bit lower of a ceiling there. The Chargers they might be out on Austin Eckler, so he could fill a role there. Or the Bills. That that's where I'm at on it. Nate, you have another so, landing spot you like? Well, interesting what you just said about Cleveland. They like to throw the ball. They're going to want to throw the ball more this year. Tajay Spears is a very good pass catching back. Could you see him as a one-two with Nick Chubb in Cleveland actually getting a ton of PPR points? Because that's not something Nick Chubb does. I know there are people who say, well, now he's going to get those targets because Kareem Hunt's gone. I don't think he's going to. And Tajay Spears is a guy, third, fourth round. Browns can get him. Browns can roster him. And all of a sudden we're talking about maybe the next premier pass catching back in the NFL. I don't want to go that crazy. I don't think he like, like the, the issue is like he didn't have the college production in the receiving game, but he was so good in the receiving game. He lit mm-hmm. up senior bowl practices. So he's a guy who's kind of been under underutilized in that space. Kind of like almost Al Ken Walker was not utilized at Michigan state the season prior. Eric, gun to the head here. Who do you like better, Spears or uh, or your guy Tanks Bigsby? Um, I would probably I'd probably shade Bigsby specifically in the best ball context, right? Like, I think his scoring upside is going to be considerably higher, especially in year one. And if you're playing best ball, yeah, you can just yeah, you can just that. pile those up without having to figure out which weeks they land. It's it's almost like a cheat code, right? Nate, we have one more sleeper left so far. We've gone through Paris Campbell, Rashid Shahid, Tank Bigsby, Jordan Love, Ty J Spears. Who are you going to close us out with here? Good, sir. Well, you know I can't go a whole show without bringing my own tight end to the table, right? So I know it, you son of a bitch. We've got Jaylani Woods, who right now is 209 overall in the tight end 29. That's great for you. You know why? Because he's now in the Shane Steichen offensive system in Indy. And – who came from that system? Zach Ertz, Dallas Godert. He's six foot seven, 253 pounds, and he's fast. That's everything you want in a tight end, right? And we saw flashes of how talented he was in Indy last season. Much like Paris Campbell, like the quarterback play just sucked. It was just awful, putrid all season. Bad quarterback play, bad coaching. But when he was actually targeted, he was efficient. He caught the ball. I think he's a guy who they're going to have a rookie quarterback. We can debate who it is. I mean, apparently they could have Lamar. They could have Lamar. Say, no Lamar. They're yeah, not going to get Lamar. Andy's not going to get Lamar. There's, I just can't see it happening, but if he does, I mean, still that's fantastic for him. Oh, Whoever, be, yeah. I, I think it's more likely. Real. I think it's more likely to be Will Levis though. Now we've got um, Mike Tannenbaum saying he thinks Hendon Hooker is going to go fifth overall now. The hype on yeah. Hooker's heat. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the fucking eject button on Mike Tannenbaum. How is that guy? Listen, I'm not trying to throw any shade. I know he's kind of in this space nowadays, but I don't even know how that guy was a GM. That was a different time. God, when I saw that, you know I what know, though, Seth? I have a good friend who is I have a good, diehard. No, he's a diehard college football guy. Okay. And I, I went to I, him I've heard of your end. friend Jim for five years now. Dude, Fuck. he's been right. He said Trey Lance was going to be a bust. He told Dude, well, we, we don't even know Trey Lance going to be stuck. Okay. He, he's not officially a bust yet. Listen. But look, Hendon Hooker, had he not torn his ACL, was going to be in the conversation for the Heisman. He's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Yeah. 
See, I'm not crazy here. So had he not torn his ACL, this is a totally different story. Yeah, but he's not drafted fifth overall. Mike Tannenbaum can suck a fat one for all I care. Sorry. We'll see. I mean, I think it's crazy too, but I think he could move into the first round is all I'm saying. I hate so much that this this story is out there because Hendon Hooker is who was hoping my Texans could kind of sneak in like a late second, early third round pick and scoop him up for a little, little bit of prospecting, but... I, I do think the hype is going to build to where he ends up in the first dude, round. Jim Mercy no. is the kind of guy that would go after a Hendon Hooker at four, man. I mean, no, no. I'm not saying it's the right call. I, I think he's in love with Will Levis, right? Like Will Levis, he, yeah, that's what he, I busted, he busted out the tank top for his pro day. He showed Ursay those those pythons, and, and Ursay is just no. absolutely in love with him, right? But I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Seattle do it at five. Pete Carroll's a risky dude, and they can sit him for a season or two behind Geno, so – regardless who the quarterback is i like jelani woods yep. he needs to be on yep. the field more he didn't get 100%. on the field more every time he was having multiple touchdown games throughout the season and he just wasn't getting on the field it was it was it, it i hated watching the colts games i hated it it was terrible and jelani woods was the one good part of television for that colts team last year and we didn't get to fucking see him so i'm ready to see him i am ready I've been reaching for him in tight end premium leagues. I've been honest. I got a bad issue reaching for Jelani, honestly. So this is going to do it for sleepers. We're going to round things out with some would you rather. Um, But again, here, Jordan Love should be targeting him at QB 23. Ty J Spears, RB 50. Nate Broaddus, Paris Campbell, wide receiver 81. I do like that value quite a bit. I don't think he's quite wide receiver 22 uh, upside there, Nate. But I do like him. Jelani Woods, tight end 29 for Nate. Rashid Shahid. Eric goes deep diving down there in New Orleans for him. Then Tank Bigsby, another talented rookie. Let's go ahead and round things out tonight with some Would You Rather. Would you rather? It's a simple game. We'll give you two options. You have to tell us which you would rather do. This is a themed, just for you know, late late March, early April type themed. Uh, would you rather game? So let's start it out here. Opening day is on Thursday. MLB gets underway. Would you rather attend an MLB opening day game with the Juice, OJ Simpson, or a Final Four game with Sam Bankman Freed? Of course, everyone knows uh, Freed from from the whole NXT thing and everything going on there in the crypto world. Eric, I want to pass it to you, man. I know you're quite a, a college basketball guy, so this might be a loaded question, but would you rather attend a Final Four game with maybe one of the most wanted people right now? Um, obviously, turned himself in, did the right thing, but let's say he's out on the streets or he got an MLB game with the one and only the Juice. Yeah, I mean, this one's pretty straightforward for me, right? Like, I'm fresh <laughs> off of Vegas where I went to that Western Regional, uh, got to see the the buzzer beater there in the Sweet 16 between UCLA and Gonzaga. Um, and also, baseball kind of sucks. Sorry. New pitch <laughs> clock. We got a new pitch clock, baby. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, that's all you need to know about baseball, right? Like, their answer for solving baseball is, like, 
get it over sooner, right? Like a final four game is going to be absolutely electric. You know, I, I would, I would be worried about catching the case for just associating with either of these guys. Right. So I might be like <laughs> just kind of chilling in the corner of the suite. Yeah. But if I have to be in the situation, it's, it's clearly the final final four game for me. Okay. Nate, you, uh, you hitting up MLB opening day with the juice or you also uh, t- taking the nerd over here with Sam Bankman? We used to go to opening day every year here because Coors Field is a dope stadium. Whether the Rockies were good or not didn't really matter. Um, regardless of who I'm going with, my liver can't handle that level of drinking anymore because those are one o'clock games and you get to the park. We would get to a bar and start drinking at 10 a.m. before the games. I can't do that, especially with OJ, because I might not end up going home. So he's going to find <laughs> me in an alley with my throat slit, right? Um, and I've never been to a Final Four game. And I don't care who I'm going with. At least this guy is like a white collar criminal, not a murderer. So I'm taking the final four game, man. Allegedly, an alleged criminal. Let's oh, come that. on. Let's keep, let's keep that in mind, guys. We don't need to, don't need to catch here. Yeah, we don't need to catch a case here from OJ. <laughs> Dave, I'm, I'm going to tap into our producer backstage. Dave, I don't have an opinion on this because I don't want to catch, catch a suit or anything. Where are you going here? MLB opening day with the juice or uh, S- Sam Bakeman freed final four? I, I got to admit, man, I am all about MLB opening day. In fact, I'm kind of shivering right now because it's only two days away. And uh, I don't want to spend any time with OJ or be associated <laughs> with the man. However, I do. I would die to go to an opening day game. And, you know, like I said, I just made the comment in the comments here that a full vouch for Coors Field, like Nate said, that is a really great stadium to catch a baseball game in. But, you know, I'm as scary as it is to admit it these days. I am a Detroit Tigers fan. If I could be in Comerica Park this Thursday, that would make me smile year to year. So, okay. Whether I was with OJ or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay and i don't uh, mean the ear to ear that was actually a really bad uh <laughs> term to use there but anyway Woo. all right all right dave we're gonna leave you up there in our new producer window uh let's go on to the next would you rather question here would you guys rather bet aaron Rodgers plus 1600 justin fields 20 to 1 or kenny pickett 45 to 1 to win nfl mvp eric i want to start out with you man you've been hot you've been cashing those tickets you've been hitting green screens over there green screens media if you had to take one of these quarterbacks all a bit controversial everyone is still not in on kenny pickett despite the dude being an absolute dog down the stretch for the lures justin fields the hype it's it's still out of control in my opinion and then aaron Rodgers, he joins possibly my frisky jets over the offseason if you had to lay some coin on one of these guys who are you laying it on and if not one of these guys there's someone else down here lower at you know 10 to 1 or more that you want at nfl mvp yeah for for me uh among this list at least justin fields is the is the clear choice right um that's a real nice price tag plus two thousand and if you take i mean if you take that stretch run where he just completely set the world on fire and project it out over the course of a full season that's better than lamar jackson's 2019 mvp season right so i think he's got the clearest path i I love the the number the only thing that i think aaron Rodgers has working in his favor assuming he gets to the jets is that he's playing in the new york media market right so everything is over the top in terms of hype but Practically speaking, I think we've seen Justin Fields flash a MVP caliber season as recently as last year in in Chicago, and and that entire offense is going to be on the upswing this year. 
Okay, Nate, you know where I'm going here. It burned me last year, but I tried to go with the three-peat for Aaron Rodgers. Didn't cash that ticket. No green screen over here. I'm going to go back to him because I think it's exactly what you kind of said, Eric. It, it is the New York media, and if he goes there and he leads them to – I mean, if they win this division, oh, man. Oh, man, with the Bills being a, a, as heavy favorites as they are at each and every season – I think Aaron Rodgers could easily secure this. I love him, the Nathaniel Hackett system. I love Lazard being back there. They just got another guy that we haven't even talked about, McCole Hardman. I don't love him as a prospect, but, I mean, the guy's a, a burner. Could see some deep shots, kind of take that MVS role here in that Hackett offense, which I think he will. Nate, where are you rolling with uh, with your MVP bet? Anyone on this board, anyone maybe we haven't talked about? Justin Fields is my guy. I've already got money down on this. Here's my thing with Aaron Rodgers. He will literally have to have one of the greatest seasons an NFL quarterback has ever had to get the voters and the news media to actually vote for him for MVP because everyone's so freaking sick and tired. Of God, he, yep, you're an Aaron Rodgers pundit. Here we go again. No, dude, it, fucking Mark. Yeah, no, we're sick of talking about him, and I don't think he's. I don't think he, he's going to have to have the greatest season ever to get votes. Seth, why did you put Kenny Pickett on here? Like, come on, man. Dude, I Kenny, love Kenny Pickett. Bias. I, I love Kenny Pickett. I like but... Listen, the, the reason I put him on here is because we have seen second-year quarterbacks do this. Patrick Mahomes, we have seen Lamar Jackson do this in their second year. 45-1, to 1, I will be sprinkling this. I know sure. I said I like Rodgers, but I will be sprinkling. It's probably not going to be even a, a quarter of a unit, but I will sprinkle something on this at 45-1. to 1. Kenny Pickett's a damn baller. The issue here is Matt Canada. That's the issue is why I don't think he can win this award. Dave, you are a Steelers fan. Where do you weigh in on this conversation for NFL MVP? Well, I mean, I would definitely, if you're talking about what I'd rather bet because I'd rather win it, I'm going with Kenny Pickett. But if you're talking about betting to win, that's a different story. I'd probably go with Justin Fields. But I would rather bet Kenny Pickett. You know, sure, that's, so would I. That's my guy. That's to the moon, Kenny Pickett, you know. We got Dave and company here saying they're on that Justin Fields 20 to one right now. So get down on that. If that's something you guys are interested in the future market here for the NFL. We're going to talk a lot more, uh, hopefully next week about some of these uh, future win totals and some other bets we can take advantage of here early in the market. Let's move forward though. Would you guys rather uh, big news today out of the NFL? They are now going to allow the number zero Jersey in the NFL and none other than Calvin Ridley gets on the board first, takes that number over for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Great story from Calvin Ridley. We talked about it on the show. Uh, if you guys haven't read his Player Tribune piece from a couple weeks ago, please do it. Just have a lot of admiration for that guy. Would you guys rather rep the number zero Calvin Ridley jersey or the Jets Aaron Rodgers jersey? Dave, I'm going to go right back to you because I know Nate. Nate's sick of talking with Aaron Rodgers, so I know he ain't going to – you're one-sided here, Nate. I, you might be booted <laughs> from the stream here pretty soon, bud. Um, where, where are you going here, Dave? You know what? I'm going to rock the Aaron Rodgers jersey with the Jets. Not No disrespect to Calvin Ridley. Uh, I don't really want to have the number zero on my chest. I mean, I get that some people like it. It's not my thing, but – I feel like a Jets Aaron Rodgers jersey is the kind of thing that would be like if you had a, a, a again, I'm old, so pardon my old reference, but if you had a Franco Harris Seattle Seahawks jersey, you know, that's just something that nobody else has, you know. And then I'm not saying that, that 
Aaron Rodgers' jersey is probably going to sell more than Franco Harris's Seahawks jersey ever did. I'm probably buying still, one. To be honest, just, I'm probably you know, buying the, the Aaron Rodgers. It's the yeah. one that doesn't look right. It, you know, you think Aaron Rodgers, you think the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers with the, you know, with the Jets, it doesn't look right. You know, and then, then for that reason, I think it'd be something more unique to own. I suppose. Okay. Okay. Eric, where are you at here on, on the jersey? How do you feel about the number zero overall? And would you be intrigued to purchase a number zero jersey or that sweet, sweet, sweet game green jersey for Aaron Rodgers? Man, this this one's pretty open and shut for me. Um, I am heavily invested in Calvin Ridley in, uh, in Dynasty context. I really appreciate and respect that article that dropped a few weeks ago that you mentioned. And... Unlike Dave, I'm on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. I think number zero jerseys are super clean. Almost anyone that's out there rocking a zero, better yet, a double zero, I'm going to be in on. So I'll I'll err on the side of Calvin Ridley for all of those reasons. But also, I'm real close to Nate's end of the spectrum, right? Like, I'm not going to go out and get a New York Jets Bozo the Clown jersey to be repping with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I am so done with this dude. If he even makes his way to, to New York, it sounds like he intends to, but he's still being super cryptic. We're not entirely sure he's going to get there. Yo, don't lay right this on Aaron Rodgers' feet. This is Goot and John and the boys. How, how perfect would it be for the Jets when when the music finishes playing, everyone sits down in their sit in their chair, Lamar Jackson is a New England Patriot, and the Jets, of course, miss out on Aaron Rodgers and have to go just scrounge through the, the scrap heap to find someone at, at quarterback, right? Like that would be the perfect You're Jets sick. story. You're sick. It's probably unlikely, but point being Calvin, Calvin Ridley, number zero. I'm, I'm all in. Nate, a- any thoughts here? I've cut you out long enough, my friend. I apologize. I love you. No, I'm taking the Ridley Jersey because I'm so, I, I'm not going to wear the Jersey of someone I'm tired of talking about. Look, dude, you know how we start our mornings. We start our mornings watching good morning football. As soon, as soon as it goes to any talk about Aaron Rodgers, we change the channel. That's how tired I am. I, I'm just, this has been a whole dramatic saga. His jersey can stay in New York. Give me the Calvin Ridley jersey. The dude's kind of a hero. I'm rocking I'm ra- it. I'm, I'm buying, I'm the, buying the green one. I'm buying the green one. I need a St. Patrick's get up. So uh, I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I'll, I'll be here repping it so you can talk about it more next year. Uh <laughs> Looks like we got some activity in the chat before we move forward and close out the show. We got Didi. Didi, thanks for tuning in tonight. We appreciate you. Hope the weather is getting a little bit uh, better up there in California for you. And uh, we got Brad saying Calvin Ridley. I'd rather having Nathan Peterman Raiders jersey than a Rogers jersey. That's a little yes, harsh, sir. Brad. A little harsh. Me too. And uh, with we, you, buddy. We got Dick in the chat saying what I would give for a Ridley Jaguars number zero jersey. So I was meaning to bring this up at the top of the show, but I did not. Um, We do still have our giveaway going. We do have some people entered, though. We have about seven to ten people entered. So just give us a thumbs up right now. Like put put some type of emoji in the chat. If you're subscribed to the channel, we'll enter you in this as well. Um, That's going to be the quickest way. So just give us a thumbs up or something in the chat. Let us know that you are subscribed to the channel. And we'll get you entered in that Keyshawn Nixon uh, salute to service helmet autograph from the Packers. Um, best kick return in the league. You guys want a part of that. He's back with the Packers already. Um, and Eric, I believe you have a little bit of a giveaway you'd like to also uh, give a little shout out to over there for green screens. Yeah, for the entire month of March to celebrate March Madness, we were giving away an autographed college basketball jersey every single week. 
Woo! This week, you still have opportunity to get into our last giveaway of the month, and it is a doozy. We've got a signed Jalen Wilson jersey from last year's title Woo! run. So it's got the sick NOLA Final Four patch on there. Obviously, the Jayhawks came up a little short this year. Jalen Wilson is likely headed to the lottery in the NBA, but this is still an option for anyone to get in the mix. Um, all they have to do is subscribe to our channel on YouTube. It's Green Screens Media. We'll actually be live tomorrow night doing that drawing. So not too late to get into the mix for that as well. Hey, I love it, man. I love it. It looks like we got some green screen love in the chat already. That's about all, though, for the In-Between Fantasy Football podcast tonight. It's been a blast, Eric. Tell us one more time how we can best support you, our friend. And thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, I, I know you got kids. I know you got a lot of responsibilities over there. So we appreciate you making time for us, man. Yeah, always appreciate swinging through with the IBT fam. Um, best way to find all of my work is over on my Twitter handle. It's at FantasyNav. The vast majority of that work here lately has been college basketball focused. Um, so if you get over to Green Screens Media, we're still breaking down the tournament. We'll be breaking down the final four and a very, uh, very busy transfer portal season already. Um, on Friday, we'll be we'll be back live again talking about uh, college basketball DFS for those final four games. So still have a few more live streams that help can help you see some green screens before the season's over. And then we're on to uh, off-season mode, starting to interview some coaches and players as we get into the off-season. Well, I'll tell you, man, I I, I need your guys' help because every time I follow you, I end up winning. Uh, and I'll be honest, I get a little handsy. I got to, like, stay away from the DraftKings app on my phone because, like, I just have money on there. Like, oh, I'll throw $5 on an underdog money line. Doesn't yeah. hit. You know, I'll take Penn State to the final four. Some 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 really nice plus money value doesn't hit. But uh, I did hit a little bit of uh, I, I hit the FAU live uh, plus money money line over the weekend. So that was fun. We got back into the green a little bit. But guys, make sure you're checking out Eric's content over there. At green screen media. Make sure you subscribe to us here at IBT for all the feel good vibes this offseason. We're rolling through the fancy football offseason. We got our NASCAR show on Thursday. And of course, our PGA show earlier tonight um, over there with the 19th hole gang. Nate, thanks so much for joining us, man. Hope I didn't give you too much shit about your uh, your hate for Mr. Rogers. I'm 41 years old, Seth. I've been I've gotten so much shit in my life. It's fine. Aaron Rodgers sucks. Hey, uh, I will not condone that. Retweets are not sponsorships on this channel. Dave, thanks for coming to hang out with us tonight, man. We greatly appreciate you as well. Anytime, Seth. Thank you. All right. Much love for you guys. Much love for, for Brad, everyone subscribing in the chat. Appreciate you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Enjoy the rest of the March Madness tournament. It will be over by the time we talk to you next. Enjoy the beginning of April here. Until then, guys, keep it in between.